Blog Talk Radio. Time to relax. You know what that means. It's time for the show that's guaranteed to leave you with a cliffhanger this week, so prepare your Sphinxsters. It's the original Janksters. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. I cannot believe you have so many songs. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so many, they'll make your head explode. I mean, goodness gracious. Well, all right. Well, we'll, we got a a spectacular show for all of everyone today. A spectacular one. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) We'll cover all kinds of different topics, or at least two of them. So (laughs) whatever flavor you like, you'll get it here, as long as it's vanilla or chocolate. But, yeah, so essentially Kevin's doing his – well, I'm doing my top – uh, top 15 board games of all time. Where Kevin, what are you doing this week? Uh, this is going to be something that we did last year. We had both done it last year, but you didn't really have enough to do it uh, this year, so <laughs> it's pretty much just me. I'm going to do my wrap-up kind of of 2017 and do my 2017 top 15 albums of the year. The new albums that came out this Wait. year that are that are pretty good and you should check out. I'm pretty sure there's only a total of three albums that came out this year, so I'm pretty sure you're stretching. <laughs> I'm curious what those three are. Maybe they'll be on my list. Maybe they won't. I think one of them Honestly, will be. Honestly, one, I just, I'm just assuming, I'm just assuming that <laughs> you have on your list, like... Yep. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But, I mean, like... I was just well, you know what, whatever. I'm not I only know of two albums that came out this year. That's all. <laughs> and one number two's plummeting by the with. second. <laughs> it was three, now it's two. Soon it'll just be one. Then zero. Well, Nobody one, released an album one, this year. Was, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I mean, unless you got some Lady Gaga on there. Which I can you know, I wouldn't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you just have to keep tuned in. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. Guess we'll find out. Um. Oh. All right. Well, I guess I'll. Uh, uh, so we're gonna do something uh, that we did two years ago. Uh, I'm gonna kind of rattle off my uh, my top fifteen board games, and then Kevin will rattle off his top 15 albums, and then we kind of go from there, because Kevin's list is going to be the one that's apparently so large that it has to be a two-parter. <laughs> be split into two parts, yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. Obscene. Obscene. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. if we're going to talk about board games, you know what song we have to play. Everyone's favorite oh, theme okay. song. 
Yeah, that game was fun. I just remember playing it at your place, and I was like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. I think it was the only time I ever played it was when you brought over that one time. This is great. That was pretty great. Um, all right. Well, there's that. Uh, so, I guess I'll kick this off with my, my board game list, which is... Uh, it changes every year. Because you love uh, board games. I do. I do. <laughs> I really do. Um, but, yeah, it does change every year. Um, which is good because, I mean, it adds a little bit of flavor, but it, it just means my opinion slightly changes every year. Like, there's things that dropped off and there's things that add on. Um, there's new games that came out this year that are definitely on my list. So, uh, nice. I guess I'll just shut up and I'll just shut up and tell them. So, my number <laughs> I'll just 15. Just shut up and dance. Yeah. My number 15 is the newer <laughs> game that I played this year. Uh, it's not a new game that has come out, but it's a game called Sheriff of Nottingham. I think we all played it, right? Um, did we ever end up playing it? I can't remember. I can't, oh, yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Where you put stuff in your bag and uh, try to bluff. Yeah. Yeah. We did yeah. play that at the wedding. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I couldn't remember. The apples and the... Um, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we got a. Uh, uh, hold on one second. Let's see. Um, but yeah, it's it's a super fun game about bluffing and kind of just uh, pretending that you're a sheriff when it's your turn to be the sheriff and bluffing when you're not the sheriff. It's super, super fun because all you do is you put vegetables and all these different goods inside of this little tiny bag, and you tell the sheriff that you have one of this thing, and it could be one of that thing. So maybe you have, like, three apples or three cheeses, but you could also be putting some illegal goods in there. And then you could say, yes, Ooh. I have three apples in here, but it's not actually three apples. It was actually two apples and some gunpowder or something illegal, some contraband, if you will. Um and that, that's super fun to kind of play because I, I love the aspects of just lying and bluffing or just people just trying to tell the truth, which is really cool. So, uh, mm-hmm. Sheriff of Nottingham, my number 15. I, like I said, I don't want to make this too long on my part so we can get most of Kevin's list in this week. Um, <laughs> but my number... Yeah, it was a fun game. And there's different strategies. Yeah. Where like I, I, know my, I remember one of your things was that if you look you just let just like tell people like it'll take a bribe, and uh, they can put whatever they want in there. <laughs> yeah, which is always yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, you can bribe in the game, which is super cool. And how you win is the person with the most gold at the end of the game wins. And you kind of want to make collections, so like you want to have the most apples or the most cheese or bread because you'll get points for having or more money for having the highest amount of something. So it just helps you out at the long run towards the end, uh, which is fun. Uh, my number 14 is a game called Pandemic. Uh, Pandemic is a uh, curing disease-style cooperative game where you you and some friends are going around the world trying to cure these diseases. And uh, it's, a, it's a simpler game, uh, but everybody has their own, like, role. So, like, maybe I'm playing as a medic who can cure disease a little bit better, but maybe Kevin's playing as a pilot. And the pilot can fly people around or including himself. So it makes him super, super useful uh, to get around and travel. So I like the roles in the game and trying to get to different places and whatnot. It's, it's a super great game. Um, I, 
I would only, it's only on the list for the with the expansions though. I would never play this without the expansions. It's just it's a simple game with, but without it's like whoa. <laughs> too just really basic. Too simple. Yeah, it's like too simple and just like I don't I don't want that. I don't want it to be that simple, you know. Yeah. So simple, it's not even fun. I did it. Oh, a Karak. Found a Karak. So anyway, um, <laughs> so never, I'm playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. I got to put it down because I'm like, now I finally did something in the game. Um, nice. Anyways, uh, yeah, but Pandemic is a super great game. I think, Kevin, you would like that game. I think that, uh, it would interest you a great deal. Um, I remember it looked fun from the pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want a slice of this? Um. But, yeah, super great. Super great game. Uh, all right. My number 13 is uh, Hero Realms. Oh, crap. I forgot to do my honorable mentions. Uh, I'll just add them to this one. Uh, Hero Realms is a super, super basic deck-building game at its core. But when you add in what is called these fighter packs or hero packs, like now, um, now it expands even more. What Hero Realms is is a deck-building game. And you have a market of stuff that you can buy in the center row. Oh, yeah, Kevin, you, you played this one for sure. I'm um, wedding. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I won somehow. You have this, I know. I, I know. Um, but, yeah, you have this center row of cards that you can purchase. And in your starting deck, you have cards that give you additional gold or maybe some different, like, uh, fighting power. But you're going to be using that gold to buy the cards that are in the center row, and you're going to be using that fighting power to start fighting the other heroes. You're trying to kill the other heroes off. Um, but when you add in the fighter packs, everybody's starting deck is different than uh, everyone else's. So maybe my fighter specializes in more fighting, fighting power, where maybe Kevin's wizard specializes in more action cards, or Nick's uh, thief specializes in more gold. So there's a different specializations that are going on, which is super cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess I'll throw in one of my... Uh, honorable mentions here uh, is a game called Ascension. Ascension is the same concept. Uh, there's a center row of cards and you get a starting basic starting deck. It's a simpler version of Hero Realms. I just feel like Hero Realms is cleaner, but Ascension is a super fun game. Uh, you're doing the same thing except for instead of killing each other, you're trying to kill these monsters that show up in the center row. So it, it, it's fun. I, I do enjoy Ascension a lot. Nice. Yeah, I don't, I'd like to try that one. I definitely like Hero Realms. That was a fun one. Yeah, I think you'd like Ascension. Oh, you know, I don't know if you like it more, but I really do like Ascension, especially the way that I have it set up. I, my cards are just, mm, I love them. Uh, but, yeah, Ascension is super good. Um, I think I have all the expansions minus two, um, and there's, I think, 11 expansions that came out. So, Holy shit. Nice. Yeah crazy. It's crazy times. All right, so my number 12 is a game called Dice Forge, and I love this game. I absolutely love this game. This game is where you start off with these two basic dice that, like, one of them has just some gold on it, and the other one has gold and a couple other uh, uh, icons on the faces of the dice. And what you're doing is you're rolling dice and trying to get points uh, or gold. I think it's gold is what you're going for in the game. Or, no, victory points. Um, but with all the gold that you keep rolling, uh, 
you can buy new faces for the dice. And those faces replace the old faces that are on your dice. So you just kind of pop off the old face, put the new face on. And, of course, when you roll it on that new face, you get to do that new ability or whatever or earn that new resource. It's such a fun game, such a unique, fun game. You can buy new cards that allow you to re-roll uh, dice or maybe re-roll more dice. So a lot of a lot of dicey fun. I really enjoy this game um, just because I like customizing Sweet. stuff. My dice will be different than your dice, kind of. Um, and it's, oh man, that insert! Like I don't even have—I didn't have to get a different insert for it. It's, the insert's just amazing. It's a beautiful insert, which has no aspect <laughs> to the game at all. Um, <laughs> it's just aesthetically pleasing. That's all it's got going for. Oh, it is. It well, it keeps everything so organized so well. It's, it's great. But anyways. Um, my next one is, oh, number 11, which is Mystic Veil. Kind of the same concept as Dice mm. Forge where you're customizing stuff, but it's another deck-building game, which you'll, you'll see a trend here. My favorite deck-building game, <laughs> or my favorite mechanism in board games is deck-building. I love creating a customized deck, and I'm making it on the move. So I'm trying to buy something before, like, maybe you will buy something, and my deck will be completely different no. than your deck, which is great. Um, yeah, it's like playing The Sims, but, yeah. but with an actual point to it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but yeah, Mystic Veil is a great one because you start off with 20 cards, and you'll never have more than 20 cards. But the cool thing about it is that the the cards that you have are blank, and they're in sleeves. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be buying these clear cards that are split up into three sections. You have a top, middle, and a bottom section of these cards. And you're going to be buying... Uh, these clear cards that go into the sleeve. So, like, maybe I could buy a top part for that card for one of my sleeves, then I could buy a, maybe a, a bottom part. And I, what I could do is I could take both of those cards, since I have a top and a bottom, and I can place them into one of the sleeves that make, when that card comes back up, and a very powerful card. And that game is, oh, dude, that game is so great. I played it, I've had it and bought all the expansions for it, but never played it. And then I played it for the first time few weeks ago and that game is super super fun like it just became super addicting Uh, I really really love that game because you're customizing your cards as you go super neat alright but that's Mystic Veil that's a super super great game Um, one game uh, this game was on my list I think two years ago and I think it was my number two Um, and it has fallen down to number ten here Uh, wow tough year I know. Well, what it is, is it's basic. I've learned that I have horrible luck in my life. Um, (laughs) So, uh, number 10 is a game called Summoner Wars, and you get get to choose one of these uh, factions. Once you choose a faction, uh, the other person chooses a faction, and then you just play these cards, and every time you want to attack somebody, you roll dice. And if you roll a three or more, you you hit that, that person. But my luck, my luck does not allow that to happen, man. I literally am the worst dice roller I've ever known in my life. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, I played this the other day, and I, I was like, all right, I'm going to attack you with this guy. This guy allows me to roll two dice. But now I'm going to play this card that allows me to roll another two dice. And because I have these two guys on the field, I get to roll another two dice. That's six dice. I, was, I finally got this wicked combo off. I roll all six dice. 
All of them were either one or twos, except for one dice. <laughs> so I hit them for one damage, and I wasted so many resources doing that. So, the game, the game you use up all your life, your dice luck whenever we play Mega Man Pixel Tactics. <laughs> it's rolling to see who goes first. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that is super true. I don't know how that happens, but that is very true. Um, but, yeah, Summon Awards is still an amazing game. It's a lot like Pixel Tactics. Um, in the in the sense that you know you're you're trying to tactically and strategically place your guys and move your guys into areas, um, but this is very dice based combat where pixel tactics. I I say I want to attack you, and I attack you. So a little bit more thinking in Summoner Wars because sometimes it just doesn't work out for you. Um, <clears throat> number nine is a game called Robinson Crusoe. God damn, do I love this game. If you want the most epic survival game you could possibly ever play, this is the game. Robinson Crusoe is a solid, solid game. Kind of heavy on the mechanics, but once you start to grasp those ideas, like you have to feed your guy every single day. And you're working as a team, so like you and Nick are playing a game. All three of us have to eat or we take damage. Um, We have to build stuff. We have to go exploring. We need to... Uh, hunt for animals so we can have more food to eat. There's so much stuff going on in this game. It's uh, it's an epic, epic game. I love this game so much. Um, nice. It, it's great. It sounds like I that island game that you wanted to make for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, honestly, so what what basically happens when I try to make games is what, if I don't own the game, I'm going to try to make a game that's like a game that I don't own. <laughs> And that's, <laughs> I was trying to make that island game, and Robinson Crusoe was there. I was like, well, I didn't want to buy it because Robinson Crusoe was out of print. So it was almost a $200 game. Um, then they oh, were like, well, shit. I'm never going to get that game. I'm not going to spend $200 on a board game. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, but what ended up happening was that they finally reprinted it, and I was like, well, I know what to do. <laughs> so I got it last year. You're making the smart choice. Or, yeah, I got it. On, New Year's Eve, because it was just before first night, so I'm so glad that I got it. Uh, I love that game. Did you kiss um, it at midnight? No, I didn't. I love you, Robinson Crusoe. I, I kissed you right on the lips, and your and your faithful <laughs> slave Friday. Um, all right. My number eight is, uh, well, it's a deck-building game, but this one is super fantastic. This one involves you running through a dungeon and uh, pushing your luck. Uh, with the game, it's called Clank, and it's a super great game. So not only are you deck building and buying cards, you know, cards right out at center row, but these cards offer three main resources. One is victory points. The other one's – oh, wait, no, four resources, I guess. Victory points, uh, gold, fighting, and then movement. So you're actually going to be moving a character through a dungeon, and you can get additional, like, treasures and stuff like that through this dungeon. But at the same time, if you're making too much noise in the dungeon, you're going to be putting what is called Clank into the Clank area, where a dragon will eventually come out, and uh, you pull Clank out of a bag, which are just these little cubes that are associated with the color that you are. So if you're uh, a red character, a blue character, you can be putting blue and red cubes into a bag. And then once the dragon comes out, you pull cubes out of the bag, 
And when you do that, you're going to be taking hits for every single cube that was your color, which is such a great mechanic. Um, but, yeah, you're going to be playing cards to kind of move around or fight uh, and then just get more stuff. But you want to get out of the dungeon as fast as you can, which is the push your luck aspect, because if you die in the dungeon, you lose everything that you went there with. It's crazy. So, <laughs> but the deeper you go down, the better the stuff there are. So it's... It's a great game. I love pressing your pressing your luck in a in a dungeon is definitely another mechanic that comes up a lot in the games you like. <laughs> Slash make. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Quest for the lost pixel. Um, <laughs> all right. Number seven. Uh, a MOBA style. Well, no, it's not a MOBA style, but it's based off a MOBA game, uh, League of Legends. Uh, my number seven is Mechs vs Minions, where you control a mechanical robot thing as a student and you're going to be programming that mechanical robot with cards and you'll be placing them in your command row which means like maybe I place a card that says I turn or I move forward one and then my next card in that command row will say uh, turn it 180 degrees so if I place those cards there, when it becomes my turn, I have to follow that command sheet. So it says, all right, I, I move one forward and then turn 180 degrees. And then you'll be putting new cards into that command row, and your mech, your mech just gets all crazy. It just goes in whatever direction you – whatever nightmare you decide <laughs> to put that mech in. Um, and it's a cooperative <laughs> game. Every single scenario is a little bit different. Sometimes you have to kill a bunch of minions. Sometimes you have to – uh, gain like get something. Uh, sometimes it's like, oh, go get this bomb. Sometimes you got to move a bomb to a certain area. Sometimes it's just try to survive for this many rounds. It's it's crazy, man. It's a it's a fun game though. It's, it's a little hectic with all the minions, but I love that game. So good. Speaking of so production stuff, value, so this insert is amazing. What? Nice. Does, uh, so, like, once you set your command row, does stuff happen? Like, is it, oh, shit, all of a sudden an enemy pops up in your way and no, before no, you no, actually no. It, get to execute it? It's all in phases. So, like, um, I'm going to begin the phase. So I, w there's a card drafting in it. Kind of, I wouldn't say deck building, but it's still kind of that mechanic. So, like, you um, say we're playing a three-player game. There's going to be four cards laid out in front of us. There's always one plus the number of uh, players. So uh, in a three-player game, there'll be four, and we're drafting cards. So, like, if I'm the first player, I'm going to choose one of the four, and then you choose one, then Nick chooses one, then I get the last one, and then we put it in, in the uh, the command row. So some cards will say, uh, like I said, movement. Some of them throw razor blades down a, uh, an aisleway. Some of them will shoot, like, fire out the sides of your mech. So there's all these crazy things that are going on, which is just super, super fun. Um, but after your phase is done, then it's like the, the minions phase. So like new minions will spawn. And if they spawn next to you, you take damage, which damages your mech, which can make it go even crazier, um, which is super funny to watch. Like, Oh no, it just damaged my four slot. And now it's going to make me go backwards. So now you got to watch yourself go backwards during that slot, unless you can repair yourself. So it, it's super fun, man. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, Max vs. Minions. It's a super great game. I uh, love that game. Uh, number six is a game called Role Player. This one is creeping up on me, and once the expansion, once I finally get that ex 
expansion, I guarantee you it might even go even higher. This is a super fun, like, puzzly game where you have, a like, a huge bag of dice, and you begin the game uh, as a character, kind of like setting up a... You know how you made your D&D character? You had to roll mm-hmm. dice to get your stats and all that? Same same basic yep. concept. Uh, but they made they turned it into a game. So, like, you have different colored dice. You have different value dice that you're trying to get, like, meet, or different traits or skills or stats or whatever. They're trying to get your dice to add up to. Like, maybe in strength I need uh, 15 plus which means I need a value of at least 15 or more in, uh, you know, of dice in that, in that row. So there's a lot of different things going on with that. Um, they give you a bunch of just stuff that you're trying to get victory points for. It's, it's, it's a game that I love playing solitaire because literally you're just sitting there and trying to figure out how to manipulate the dice or whatnot. It, it's so hard to explain without showing you. It really is, but... It's such a great game because it is a very puzzly game, and it's probably one of my favorite solitaire games that I have because it's easy for me to pull out and easy for me to play. Um, I definitely remember hearing you talk about this one before because they made a whole game yeah, on customizing a character, <laughs> which yeah, does sound cool. It, it, it does. Um, the new expansion is supposed to be bringing out monsters, so now not only are you trying to create a character, but slowly trying to take care, you know, kill some monsters at the same time, which is such a an awesome way of doing this. So I, I cannot wait to see uh, how this plays out. I've heard and I've watched reviews on it and they said, this is an essential expansion because there's one mechanic in this game that I've always like, nobody really liked, but it was kind of an essential mechanic <laughs> in there. So like uh, during your turn, you can draft dice and say that you don't have enough money to buy stuff from the market during that turn. Cause usually that's uh, the dice dice drafting phase and then you can buy stuff from the market, and then uh, that's pretty much it. You begin your next turn after that. But maybe you don't have enough money to buy one of the items. So you can just take one of the items away to gain two gold. And you're, it, it, was, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was such a weird mechanic, but it's the only way to gain more gold so you can buy more stuff later on. It's a weird mechanic. Um, but they got rid of that. Um, it's no longer nice. rid of an item. Now you can just go hunting for monsters and that's another way to get a lot of uh, gold is instead of getting rid of cards you just go on a hunt kill a monster if you're able to kill it then you get the gold or more points or whatever uh, it's super great uh, I cannot wait to play it uh, oh, that's awesome. yeah that's number six which is role player number five is a game that you, me, and Nick played called Millennium Blades. Oh, Gulls played that one as well. It's a TCG-based kind of game, that game where you're just, like, opening up booster packs of cards, and then you go mm-hmm. into a tournament, which is a Tableau-style tournament. So uh, whatever you open up during the buying phase of the game, you can keep for the tournament. Um, and it really hits that nostalgic feeling when you're opening up a booster pack and you're just like, oh, I hope it's a good one, and you flip it over, and you're like, oh, God, yes, it's such a great one. Or maybe you're just like, oh, that was a dud. But then you can go ahead and sell those cards, um, and then other people can buy those cards. Or maybe I can say, hey, Kevin, do you have a fire card? I'll trade you a water card for it. And then you're like, yeah, we're fine, and then we trade cards. So there's a lot of great stuff in that game that is super, super great. And then there's also those stanky stacks of cash. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. After you're done, 
after you're done uh, throwing all that money around and getting all those cards and buying all those cards, right after that, you go into the tournament phase, which, as I kind of said uh, before, is the tab low. So I place a card down that says uh, during the scoring, you know, during the end of the tournament, I get 15 points. Then the next card I play down says if the card next to that one does this, then I, this, this happens. So you're trying to set up your cards in a way that kind of affects the rest of your tableau while everybody else is doing the same thing. And then some people will play cards that kind of hurt your other cards. So it gets kind of crazy. Um, you can clash with other people. You can kind of mess with other people. It doesn't happen often because you're just trying to get the most points as possible. But it, there is that little bit of take that in there, which is super neat. Um, unless it's me that's getting hit with it and then it's not neat anymore. But I do really, really <laughs> love that game. Um, and they keep releasing yeah, that was a really fun one, man. Uh, this one, they just released one that had uh, a new type on it, like athletes. And there was like chefs that were athletes. Oh, man, I, I'm so glad that I got that. But anyways, yeah, plenty of plays. An amazing game. I just want to keep getting more and more stuff for it. Uh, yeah, the different cards. Shit, and just cool art. Just, yeah, the art's super great. The game is just a fun, fun ROM. Um, mm. So, Millennium Blades was created by a company called the 90, or Level 99, which also made my number four. And specifically, <laughs> Mega Man Pixel Tactics is probably Fuck my yeah. favorite. Now, nothing against the regular version. I just don't play that one really at all, but Kevin and I will play some Mega Man Pixel Tactics because that is one of the greatest games I've probably ever, like two-player-wise, I love that game. There's so much thinking. You'd think, oh, this is just little Mega Man characters. No, there's an actual strategy to it, and if you just sit down and kind of think about yeah. how you can plan your next round, oh, it's super good. And then if you can try to plan your future rounds, like if I put out some Charge Man, oh, man. Oh, shit. Watch out. He's been the bane of my existence many a time. This is very true. But, yeah, super, super fun game. You just uh, you have a three-by-three three grid of area to kind of play cards into, and each player has a leader. Once that leader dies, the opposing uh, player then wins the game. So you're trying to protect your leader, but your leader has these amazing abilities. So it's like you want to put them out there sometimes. So there's that push and pull with that, plus you're placing new characters down. And depending on where you place them, they activate new abilities. So there's uh, three different areas. you get got the Vanguard, the Flank Waves, and then the Rear Wave. Um, you have all these different waves. And sometimes, like maybe in Charge Man, and if you place them in the Vanguard Wave, they'll do something different than if you place them in the Rear Wave. So it becomes this really kind of like, should I hold on to them? Should I play them? And then they also have another mm -hmm. aspect where they're called Order Effects, where some Order Effects will just play right away Maybe it says, all right, uh, I'll, I'll play Charge Man, and he allows me to draw three cards. Then it gives me more options during my next turn. Or maybe some of them will say, do three damage to the leader, uh, you know, uh, uh, the enemy's leader. So you got all these different kind of things kind of playing off and think think about while you're playing the game. Um, Kevin and I, I think we're tied, or maybe I'm winning by a little bit. I would say oh, you're winning by, winning by a good a amount. <laughs> I've, I've snuck out a couple of victories, but I'd say you're definitely pretty far ahead. I think what it, where the tie comes from is, like, usually when we play, uh, well, in the beginning I won a lot, but lately, and yeah. when we played, I think we've played two games. You've won one, and then I've won one. So Yeah. But, uh, 
Mega Man Pixel Tag. We need to play again soon. Phenomenal game. Yeah, I, God, I want to play that all the time. I just want to drink it. All right, my number <laughs> three is the one of the. Well, actually, I think it's the newest one uh, to my Ooh. list, which is a game called Gloomhaven. I've already kind of talked about this before on the show, but Gloomhaven is a. It's it's like an RPG. It really is. It's like a role playing game. You choose a character. Once you've chosen that character, he has a set card. You know, he's got a set amount of cards that he can use, and you're going to be using those cards to do different actions, maybe movement or attacking and stuff like that. But you're going through all these different dungeons. But the meat and potatoes of this game is the customization that you get to do. Like maybe sometimes you'll uh, you'll get new items, or maybe sometimes you'll be doing stuff in Gloomhaven, like using all your gold to buy new items. Um, Gloomhaven becomes this place that becomes bigger and bigger for you to explore and uh, gain new stuff from. It's such an epic, epic game. This game is just, it's amazing. It really is. I like playing it with people, but I think maybe I want to just do a solo person that I play with sometimes sucks. So uh, (laughs) we'll just leave it at that. I hope it's not gully because that's going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not Gull. Gull doesn't like the, bl- the board games as much. He's a retro gamer. Oh, well, then you might like Gloomhaven. But anyway, um, super great game, though. Um, all right, moving on to my number two. This one inched out Gloomhaven just a little bit because how I had to think of this was which one would I rather play, Gloomhaven or Lords of Waterdeep? And honestly... I have to say Lords of Waterdeep. I think Gloomhaven's an amazing RPG game, but oh my god, Lords of Waterdeep, man, it's like li- literally like ruled my life for the last few like months, months maybe now. Like anytime somebody wants to play, it, if somebody says, "Hey, you want to play Lords of Waterdeep?" I'll play. Yes, I'll, I'll play this right now. I might not be the best at this game, but I absolutely love it. Essentially, all Lords of Waterdeep is is you complete quests, you get points for quests person with the most points at the end of the game wins the game. That's it. But there's so much depth into the game that is, oh, man. Like, you can, like, do these different actions that give you more points or more quests to complete. You can buy buildings, which is one of the coolest mechanics in the game is where I buy buildings. Oh, sweet. And I can place my, my agents there. But, Kevin, you can also place your agents there. And if other people place their agents in that building, then I reap some of the benefits. Like maybe uh, you get five gold, but I get two gold. So anytime somebody plays somebody there, I get I get benefits. So it's super, super great. Um, I, I love this game so much, man. Um, my buddy came over the other day, um, and he's like, oh, we should play a board game. I'm like, have you played Lords of Waterdeep yet? He's like, no. And we just sat down and we played this game. And he liked it, and I loved it. So, Lords of Waterdeep. Absolutely love this game. One of my favorite games. Nice. For sure. And at number one, it's been on my list now for three years in a row. When it comes down to it, (laughs) I wanted to play Lords of Waterdeep. If somebody said, hey, do you want to play Lords of Waterdeep or Mage Knight? I'd still say Lords of Waterdeep. (laughs) But Mage Knight (laughs) has... It has everything that I want in a game. It really does. It has deck building. It has uh, character development. It has exploration. It has it, it, it has tactical and strategic thinking. 
You really need to figure out what's going on. This game is just amazing. There's nothing else that I can possibly say to this. I love Maze Knight. It has dice. Oh, we got to play that it someday. It has cards. It has tokens. It is my favorite game in the world to play. Um, and I have That's other awesome. games that could definitely go on this list, but unfortunately I think these are my top 15 for this year. Nice. I'm glad Mage Knight still up there. <laughs> yeah. It's got the history behind it. It does. It certainly does. All righty. Well, oh, and then my other honorable mention that I still love, it's my uh, my guilty pleasure in the board game world, is a game called Munchkin. Specifically the Adventure oh, yeah. Munchkin, which I talked about last year. I love this game. Most board gamers hate Munchkin, but I don't know what it is about this game, but I just I really do like it a lot. I feel like that's a hipster thing, just because it's somewhat popular. They gotta hate it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, maybe that's what it is. And but I mean, it does have mechanisms in there that make it a poor game, especially at the end, because it's the first person to get the level ten wins the game. So you can see who's getting up there, right? Um, but people can play cards during your uh, monster phase that pretty much just buffs up to the monster. So, like, maybe I'm fighting, like, a, a vampire. Everybody at the table can then play buffs on that vampire to make him the strongest <laughs> vampire. And then I will not get to level 10 when people keep doing that. Mm. I play. I love to play in ways that, like, I can offer things to people. And <laughs> you, one of the greatest moments in all of my board gaming life was a time where I buffed a monster up for somebody to where they could not kill him at all. And they're like, there's no way I can kill this. I'm like, well, the only thing you can do is run away, and you have to roll a five or a six on this dice to do that. He's like, well, hope for the best. <laughs> so he goes, to, he goes to roll the dice, and as it hits the table, it bounces once. I snatch up the dice, and I say, hey, or I can help you fight this monster. And I was the only one at the table who could do that. And I said, you give me two of those treasures that you're going to get, and I'll help you fight him. He's like, well, all right, I guess. That way I don't lose. I was like, all right. <laughs> That's so great, dude. It was one of the greatest <laughs> things in my life. That's awesome. Anytime you can snatch someone's dice, it's a pretty good day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Super, super, super fun game. At least to me it is. That sounds pretty cool. But yeah, that's it. I got the that Marvel one that you gave me, and I still want to play that someday. We'll make it happen. Yeah, you got to you can find uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. That's a promo card that was supposed to come with uh, Amazon purchases, but oh, oh my gosh, I thought that was it. Um, but for some reason, I cannot. It didn't come with it, and a lot of people on Amazon were complaining. To me, it didn't really bug me as much, but I don't know. I don't know what you're. Doing. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know it existed, so it didn't bug me until now, but now it will. <laughs> Did you get the Deadpool one yet? No, not yet. I will, though. It's only like six bucks, so I should get it. You should. It's like really cheap on Amazon. <laughs> I would yeah. be in more of a rush, but I still haven't had a chance to even play it yet, so. <laughs> but maybe now that Nick's out here, we can try to play. Yeah, that's true. You guys, I think you guys would like it. I know you would like it for sure. Oh, definitely. 
That's right up my alley. All the cards look amazing. They got actual comic book art in there and shit. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I love Munchkin. I think you guys will like it. It's a simpler game, too, so you think it's more up your guys' alley. I can definitely see how, I guess, that, especially towards the end, it would get annoying. <laughs> There's just no way to win because everyone's ganging up on you, buffing the monsters out of control. It does seem a little bit yeah. broken, but... But is it broken? Is it... <laughs> Because it's broken. When I'm lonesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That is uh, my board game list. It is now time All right. to hear your wacky million songs. <laughs> Get your asses ready, everyone, for billions and billions of songs. <laughs> It's not that many, but there's a good amount. I'm going to warn you up front. Hopefully I'll get the volume right so none of them blow your ears off. <laughs> okay. That's my goal this year. <laughs> so before we launch officially into the top 15, uh, there's some that I'll mention just briefly that did not make the list. Um, this, this one hurts. Uh, I told Pete about this earlier in the year, but uh, one of my favorite bands, literally like I would say top three, uh, Depeche Mode been around for you know a good 30 more or more years at this point they came out with a new album this spring called spirit and it's by far the worst thing they've ever done (laughs) um i can't i've listened to it many many times can't seem to find a single redeeming thing about it Uh, I don't think there's a single song that I'm like, yeah, that's a good song. Like, You Move is kind of the closest, I guess, to being a good song, but even that, the lyrics are just, like, really bad and simple and just, I hate it. So, (laughs) pretty much don't check out Spirit. Check out any of their other albums before you ever check this out. Um, It makes me sad that that, (laughs) the album is so bad, but it really is. And the other one I wanted to mention uh, real quick was Nine Inch Nails had a new EP this year um, called Add Violence. Uh, It's only a five-song EP, so it's not very long. Uh, Really only two of the songs, the first song and the last song, are amazing. The ones in the middle are just kind of meh. So I didn't make the list just for that reason because, you know, two out of five is not a very high batting average. But those two songs, Less Than, and I think The Background World is the other song. Uh, those are really great. Although the background world, this weird thing at the end where, like, it's like an 11-minute long song, and essentially the last six to seven minutes of it are just the same, like, uh, like loop, like the same sound loop, 52 times repeating but decaying each time, which I guess people are saying is like, oh, it's, you know, some thing that Trent Reznor is trying to say because he's 52 years old. They're like, oh, he's just, you know, decaying slowly over each year. And I'm sure, I'm sure that was probably there and it's probably intentional, but for most of those loops, like after the first, you know, couple, it gets to be so decayed that it's just unlistenable. It's just like pure static. Like you're listening to the radio and it's not on a, an actual station. You're just hearing weird staticky noises. Like it's just what it sounds like for about five minutes of the song. So it's kind of like, oh, I didn't really need that five minutes. <laughs> I see what you're going for and it's interesting, but I don't want to listen to that part ever again. <laughs> huh. 
So, but definitely the, most, the rest of the song is good. And Less Than is a really good song, but overall, the EP just couldn't make the list. But my number 15, this one is actually an EP. Um, it's it's only six songs, so it's pretty short. Um, I did kind of to try to actually I, I should say this first. I didn't totally put these in order. I was like agonizing over the order on these. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, I don't know. Maybe this one should be a little bit higher. So I kind of did more of like three groups. So there's like the bottom five, the middle five, and the top five. So the bottom but is there five. A top one. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> the top five are all just kind of up there. Like, those are the crown jewels of the year, essentially. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> and they're kind of just going to be in whatever order, you know, kind of feels good because they're kind of different than the one before it, that type of thing. So I'm not just yeah. even putting things together. That's, so I kind of mixed it up that way. Um, so the bottom five, these are, these are the ones I like to call the Nick Jank softball career <laughs> songs, <laughs> where it's like, eh, they're not, they're not amazing, but at least he's out there, he's trying, <laughs> which is more than I could do. <laughs> How did they even get on this list? Oh, <laughs> well, these all have some good songs. It's just, you know, it's like kind of Nick's softball career. Sometimes we'll get a hit. <laughs> But, you know, there's also a lot of strikeouts and a lot of base errors and stuff. <laughs> oh, God. I wish you got to see him in action. <laughs> so these are uh, these all have their moments for sure. Um, they're not, you know, amazing throughout, but they definitely have good stuff in them. So the first one is, like I said, it's an EP uh, by one of my favorite bands, the Dead Milkmen. Um, unfortunately, kind of like Depeche Mode, this is not their shining, you know, achievement. Um, it's definitely unlike that one where it's just totally bad. This one definitely I do still like uh, being a fan of this band. I don't know how well it's going to translate if you've never heard them before. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't recommend this is the place to start. But it definitely, these are some pretty decent songs. Um, I love the Dead Milkmen. They're a band from Philadelphia. They've been around since, like, the 80s. Uh, they kind of do, like, novelty punkish stuff. <laughs> like, they kind of just uh, play intentionally bad on purpose, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. This one sounded a little bit too polished, which kind of, I don't know, kind of, I guess, would, would bum style. me out a little bit. <laughs> but here is uh, one of the tracks. It's the first song on the EP. Uh, like I said, it's six songs. One of them's an instrumental, which was kind of, it's a good song, but it's, you know, I don't really go to the Dead Milkmen for instrumentals because they're so funny uh, normally. That's normally what I go there for. Um, so this is a song called Only the Dead Get Off at Kimlidge. Um, it's basically about this uh, the subway station in Stockholm, Sweden, that apparently was never finished. <laughs> like, they started it and just never got around to finishing the station and opening it up and everything. So people kind of think it's haunted. So here it is. Only the dead get off at Kimlidge.
cuts it short. Yep, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Pretty good. Um, here is the other one. Uh, the Brutalist Beat is the next track on there. It's pretty good. Um, you get to hear a little bit of the other guy who also sings. They basically got two singers. Uh, Rodney Anonymous is kind of the main one here um, on both of these. And there's also Joe Jack Talcum, who uh, I think he's my favorite. He only really has one song on here, unfortunately. Uh, he's just kind of back up on the other ones. But this is a good song uh, called The Brutalist Beat. You haven't totally poo-pooed it yet, so that's good. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> they, uh, like I said, they've definitely got better songs the out there. Over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that they're just kind of random and singing about weird shit. Um, I don't know if I mentioned the actual name of the album, but it's Welcome to the End of the World is the name of the EP. Um, so that's my number 15. Now, the next one in the bottom five. This, again, it's got some really good songs, um, and then it's just got some that are kind of eh. So that's kind of why it's in this group. Um, this is the Dropkick Murphys. Came out with a new album very early this year uh, called 11 Short Stories of Pain and Glory. Um, obviously, the Dropkick Murphys oh. are a big band associated with Boston, uh, You know, like one of these Irishy punk bands. Um, they're really good. Uh, this, I, their uh, their last album came out. I want to say like three or four years ago, and that one I just I really love the entire thing. Like it was probably their most solid album, start to finish. Um, this one not nearly as consistent, <laughs> but it definitely has a lot of high points. Uh, there's just a couple of others that are it's like uh, not so good. Um, I'm going to play two of the better songs. Uh, unfortunately, First Class Loser, I didn't want to add too many clips, so that one's not in here. But definitely check that one out as well because it's really good. Um, but here's a song called I Had a Hat. And it's just a nice little song about a guy who goes to a bar and puts his hat on the rack and <laughs> the hat disappears and he's going to cause some shit till he gets that fucking hat back. And here it is. Radio as well, I'm in the walk that cost I'm ready to carry you I had a hat when I came in, 
Yeah. All right. I like the concept <laughs> of that one. Yeah. Pretty good. And I imagine it's the kind of hat like your hat. <laughs> it's one of those, like, you know, Irish guy hats. The little flat hats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that hat. Yep. I bet if someone took your hat, you'd fucking smash it, too. <laughs> I would smash everything. <laughs> Pete smash. Yep. I was so sad when I almost lost that hat. Oh, I know. You had to go all over Washington to get it. Yeah. And then there was also <laughs> when I almost lost it in, uh, what's it called? Winterland. Um, oh, shit. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with uh, the wedding. <laughs> the thing with the thing and the, the guy in the thing. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's a good song. Like the guy just starts going crazy and cops show up and he starts kicking the cop's ass. <laughs> He's just so upset about that fucking hat. <laughs> and here's the other song I wanted to play off that album. Um, Dropkick Murphy's uh, 11 Short Stories of Pain and Glory. This is a little bit different. Uh, this is kind of a, a ballady type song. Um, it's kind of in the the vein of remember the innocent by Goldfinger and Good Charlotte and all them. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the song about nine eleven. Uh, this oh, yeah. you know kind of similar. Uh, you kind of had to I guess expect this was coming from them since they're so associated with Boston. Um, they I think their last album did come out after the Boston Marathon bombing, but they must have already had it locked. You know, had the album locked by that point. Uh, so they did a song on this album about that um, event called 4-15-13, uh, which is, you know, obviously the date of the bombing. Um, and here oh. it is. This one's a little bit longer than the last one because it's just a good song. It's got a lot going on. Day. 
There it is. I didn't like that one. <laughs> you weren't into that one? <laughs> no. It's pretty catchy. That was that was I wasn't a big fan of that one. <laughs> all right. Well, I can't all be winners, funny. I guess. Very folky. <laughs> it folky. is, it is, it definitely is. You know, it's a slow tribute song to uh to a tragedy. They gotta <laughs> folk it up on those. Yeah. Can't be so uh so punked up, I guess, on those. The weird thing is I've seen two movies about the Boston Marathon bombing this year, and I don't think that was in either of them, which is weird. feels like it should be. Huh. I think so. <laughs> it seems like the perfect place for it. It's true. Quite peculiar. All right. Well, the next one. Um, the next one's going to be an album called Lower the Bar uh, by a band I've liked for a good couple years here, uh, Steel Panther. They're kind of like a novelty um, 80s metal band type, you know, parody, I guess you could call them. Uh, they're essentially a bunch of guys. I think they used to be in like a Van Halen cover band, and they just kind of kept taking it more and more towards the parody side where they started writing, you know, funny metal songs. Uh, they were all about like fucking and drugs and all that kind of shit. <laughs> all the stuff that yeah. like 80s metal songs were about anyway, but they kind of put it in code, whereas they just put it all on Front Street and just flat out write songs about anal and shit. <laughs> oh. And I've seen them live a bunch of times and they're fucking, they're great. Um, they're an amazing band. Like they're really funny. They have a lot of onstage here and stuff and just, it's, it's good times. Um, this is their fourth album. Um, unfortunately, it's their weakest album, I would say, of the four. It's the kind of thing where it's like clearly, like even last album, they were kind of stretching for some of the ideas for songs. It's like, oh, they've kind of already written about all the obvious things. Now we got to really stretch and do songs about like Bukaki and Glory Holes and stuff, <laughs> which are pretty good songs, actually. Of course. But this one, even more so, they're just kind of like, uh, you can kind of tell they're running out of ideas. <laughs> So it's not nearly as funny as the last couple were. Um, the, the metal, like, itself, just the music is still pretty good. It's just I didn't, you know, they were kind of stretching for song topics, that kind of thing. But there definitely are a couple of, of really good ones, um, just not nearly as many as on the other albums where it's just, like, hilarious all the way through. This one was definitely got some that were just kind of like, eh, I don't think I need to listen to these. <laughs> like the wrong side of the tracks in Beverly Hills is just like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to listen to that song anymore. <laughs> it's just not that good. But There's some good time. ones like Poontang Boomerang is pretty good. I Got What You Want is pretty good. The other side of the railroad tracks wasn't good, but Poontang, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Poontang Boomerang. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. Yep. <laughs> It's basically about having sex with a girl, and then you try to get rid of her, but she won't go away. <laughs> All right, it's a solid title. <laughs> There's a funny part where he's like, basically it's just like annoying, so he's like, maybe I'll just go gay, but I heard Boomerang Wang is even worse. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Yeah, good times. 
Um, here's one. It's kind of a more uh, ballady type song. So they do probably at least one or two of each album. Uh, but this was probably my favorite song on the album. It's called That's When You Came In. same kind of a trick for sure <laughs> which I do like songs like that yeah I can see the I can see the humor there <laughs> I can see the humor there I will not laugh but I see humor <laughs> I get jokes <laughs> thank you Lisa <laughs> you really hurt her bad <laughs> <laughs> oh god I just watched it again yesterday I started re-watching it this morning I didn't make it too far unfortunately But I'm going to finish it So good, good. good. You need to <laughs> Alright um, The next one I wanted to play uh, Is the first song on the album um, it's it's got some good. I really like the guitar in this song, um, so for that reason alone, it made the list. Uh, this song is called "Going in the Back Door." Pretty sure you can figure out what that one's about. <laughs>
Yeah. I just love the do 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 it's the kind of metal I miss. I wish there was more of that out there. Not all the stupid screaming stuff. I like a good screaming. <laughs> Only if you're gonna scream, you gotta do it in falsetto. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go in the front door. <laughs> yeah, that back door is a little bit muddy. <laughs> Poop comes out of there. <laughs> what? You don't say. <laughs> That's what Sean at work oh, says. He's like, I don't know if I can ever do anal because poop comes out of there. Sounds like how <laughs> I mean that's obvious. That's the thing you're gonna think about, huh? Poop coming out of there. That sounds like a simple plan lyric right there. <laughs> the poop comes out there. I'm 40. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to number uh, 11, I think. You know, 12? <laughs> 12. Uh, I think 12. That's what number this is. Um, Number 12 is going to be uh, an album by a band I'm sure you're aware of um, from the good old 90s. They were part of the kind of the big new wave of punk music in 1994. Offspring and Green Day and Bad Religion and all that. And Rancid, good old Rancid. They're back with a new They're album. Back. Uh, yeah. They pretty much never went away. They've come out with an album every, I don't know, three years or so. <laughs> pretty consistently. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I have them all. The only thing I can think of is Backstreet Boys has definitely got to be on your list. I heard they came out with an album this year. <laughs> Don't give away my number one. <laughs> but yeah, Rancid's new album uh, is called Troublemaker. Uh, it's not quite as good as their last one, um, which I wouldn't say is their crowning achievement either, but it's still, this one definitely has a lot of good songs. Um, it's 19 songs long, which is a lot, so it kind of weighs down their average when <laughs> there's so many songs. And, you know, maybe a good six or or six to eight, somewhere in there, are really good. And it's just when you have that many songs, that kind of brings the whole average down <laughs> by putting all these filler songs in there. Yeah. But overall, there's definitely some good stuff on here. Um, <laughs> Tim Armstrong, he really just gets more and more slurrier with each album. <laughs> like, he's always been a guy who kind of just, you know, slurs and mumbles his way through songs. But it seems like the older he gets, he, he just, like, loses it even more. <laughs> It <laughs> doesn't even give a fuck. I don't even know if it's just his older and his voice is getting that way or what, but 
We'll hear a little bit of that here on the first. (laughs) It's weird when punks start getting old. Let me tell you. (laughs) We knew it was going to happen. (laughs) What's really weird is like you see them really old punks. Like I saw the band uh, Coxbar at uh, um, Riot Fest a couple years ago. They were like, you know, probably they had their big hits like late 70s. So they're all like, you know, in their late 50s, possibly early 60s by now. They're just all like old men with beer guts. (laughs) They're all bald. (laughs) It's like, wow, this is weird. (laughs) Huh. All righty. Now I'm excited. (laughs) Time does terrible things to people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This was the... This was like their lead single off of this album. Uh, It's called Telegraph Avenue, and it's pretty good. They're na na na's. Well, here's the thing. Now he's not actually saying words. <laughs> You're aware of this, right? <laughs> no, no, those were words. <laughs> no, I swear there were words in there. Na na's and ooh's <laughs> in there just the whole time. <laughs> no, that whole first part was all words. <laughs> no, I was, there was a whole pretty hardcore verse and, and like, yeah, chorus. Words. He said, this was, uh, <laughs> He's just saying his vowels. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like he's getting low energy and just kind of <laughs> not giving it his all anymore, but still pretty good, so I don't even care. <laughs> Weird. And then create an energy. <laughs> uh, this one's next one is a little bit of a faster song. Um, it's a pretty short clip. The whole song in itself is only like a minute and a half, and it's not even the whole thing. So <laughs> it's bound to not be that long. But this one's called "Ghost of a Chance."
I can't tell you what he said most of that, but <laughs> except for you only well, got no, his ghost of a thing. chance, my brother. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing is like he's not saying anything again, which is just crazy. <laughs> he usually gets it together for the chorus, so you can kind of make out part of that. <laughs> so that's about it. Uh, he's not really <laughs> saying words. And I feel like I need to help him, maybe. <laughs> it's time for him to admit he has a problem. <laughs> that problem is speech. That's the guy I saw. <laughs> All right. But yeah, there's some other good ones on there, like uh, Where I'm Going is really good. Molly, Make Up Your Mind. Beauty of the Pool Hall. All real good songs. So check that one out. All right, number 11. Mother, number 11. This is going to be, oh, man, it hurts me that this is so low, but <laughs> it's just the way it had to be. Uh, number 11 is by a guy named Richard Cheese. A lounge against wow. the machine. Yeah. So he came out. This is your boy. <laughs> I know, right? He came out with a new album called License to Spill, uh, which is obviously like a parody of the Beastie Boys' License to Ill. And he kind of – the cool thing is he got the same uh, guy who did the album artwork for that album to come back and, like, draw a picture for him. Like, the Beastie Boys one has an album – or, like, a, an airplane flying into a cliff. Uh, the Richard Cheese one has, like, a martini glass crashing into a cliff. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. All righty. Richard Cheese, um, in case people out there don't know, uh, he's a guy who does, like, uh, like lounge versions of popular songs. Uh, he'll take, like, you know, a lot of times it'll be either really dirty rap songs or just, like, really angry metal songs, that kind of thing. And he'll do, like, lounge versions of them, like you'd hear some piano guy doing and, and you know, as a lounge singer. And it was just kind of funny to hear this kind of stuff being done in a different you know, type of fashion, essentially. And sometimes he'll throw in weird little, you know, weird little tricks to it. Like, he'll just do things in a weird way. <laughs> he'll throw in, like, little, like, uh, medleys in the middle of a song or something like that that makes you just kind of re-examine it in a different way. Um, this one, there's, I wouldn't say there's anything super bad on this album. It's just a lot of songs that are kind of like, oh, like, the first time you hear it, it's kind of funny. It's more of, like, a one-off joke. Like, it's it's just not something you can listen to a whole bunch of times. Like, he did, like, a cover of, like, Despacito or whatever on here. It's just, like, it's just him going Spanish, 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 Spanish. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, that was good the first time, but I'm not really going to need to listen to this again. <laughs> just stuff like that. <laughs> And there really isn't any, like I said, he's kind of at his best when he's doing like either rap songs that are like super dirty or super ghetto and just hearing this, you know, white guy do them is pretty funny. Or if he's doing like angry ass metal songs, like people equal shit by uh, Slipknot or something like that, where it just was really funny. There's not a whole lot of that on here. Um, it's more just kind of 
basic songs. It's kind of it's missing those really really funny ones like that. But there is some good stuff on here. So talk a little bit about the the ones that did that uh, that did work. Um, speaking of, <laughs> this was uh, one of the tracks on there. His version of that work song by Rihanna. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, I hate to me. It's the most annoying song known to man. <laughs> it really is. I went to uh, Steph's birthday party like two years ago, and she was just like, obsessed with that song, playing it over and over and over again, and I wanted to kill myself. Oh, I hate that song. <laughs> but this version is definitely more tolerable. Here it is. Me work, 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 work. See me do me work, 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 work. When you gonna learn? Plain, 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 plain. What Rihanna saying, 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 saying. What meaning did I miss, 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 miss? I must be too old for this, 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 this. It doesn't work, 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 The song just pisses me the hell off. I agree. That's the dumbest fucking song ever. I don't know how that shit ever got popular. But it kind of sings like Tim Armstrong in that song. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that song is a turd, 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 turd. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> All right, here's uh here's another one. This is uh, a parody of your favorite. I don't know why I'm saying that. I know it's not, but your favorite Taylor Swift song. It just came out recently. Uh, look what you made me do. I like the ending of his uh, his version here, though. It's not the end of the song, but it's the end of the clip, so it's pretty good. I don't even know what the song even is. So all right, but I got smarter. Oh, you heard this, remember? I made you look it up that one time on the show. Oh, yeah, that horrible one with the <laughs> bathtub of diamonds. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Here it is. But I got smarter, I got harder in the nick of time. Honey, I rose up from the dead, I do it all the time. I've got a list of names and yours is in red underlined. I check it once and I check it twice. Oh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Oh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. 
I'm sorry. The old Richard Cheese can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because answering machines don't exist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I love that part. Okay, well, that was an interesting (laughs) jam. It's a a good toilet flush there. (laughs) Really adds to the effect of the song. (laughs) Yeah, that's about where I felt with Rihanna. (laughs) She has that effect on people. Did not flush the toilet for some reason. (laughs) And then there's one other one I wanted to play a little bit of. there's another one I, I didn't cut a clip for, but he does a version of the 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS songs. <laughs> I'm assuming you've heard that you have that commercial out by you, right? I love, yeah. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. K-A-R-S, CARS-FOR-KIDS. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Donate your car today. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> it is like a very sweet, like, uh, you know, slowed down acoustic piano version of it, which is pretty great. But here's a little piece of his version of Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Just because there's one part that kind of, I don't know, once I heard it, I can never hear the song, the the original song, without hearing it in my head. Because there's a part where he goes all Italian on it, and just every time I hear the Bon Jovi version, I'm always going to think of it from now on. So I'm going to spread that along to everyone else with, uh, here we go, Living on a Prayer. You live a fortified to win. It's all of that you got. <laughs> oh, I love that part. Living on a prayer. <laughs> all right, so that's my number 11, License to Spell, Richard Cheese, and Lounge Against the Machine. <laughs> Such a great band name. Um, <laughs> Number 10, we're in the we're in the middle group here. These are the ones that, you know, they've, they've got, I would say, not many, if any, terrible songs and a lot of good songs, but then a lot of, a lot of songs are just kind of in the middle of the road where it's like, eh, all right, that one's fine, but I'm probably not going to listen to it a whole bunch, but I'll keep it in there. So these are, you know, mostly good. Like if you average out the songs, right. it'll probably be somewhere in like the eight to six to eight range. So, you know, they're on the good side. Um, shit, I just lost my place on the switchboard. <laughs> All right, so number 10 is going to be a band you're definitely familiar with. Little band called, well, 
their full name is A Fire Inside, but people would know them more as AFI. Oh. They're still alive. Yeah. Now. Yep. <laughs> still alive somehow. <laughs> Very early this year, they had a self-titled album. Um, it's also known as album by some people just because basically the cover is pretty much just like a really dark red almost blackish color and there's like three like barely visible kind of blood drops in the middle of it so I guess people just kind of call it the blood album um, but it's it's got its moments um, again I wouldn't say it's AFI's best work or anything like that um, nothing too bad about it I would say they just kind of all the songs blend together a little bit and they're just kind of consistently okay. There's definitely some some good you know standouts for sure, and there's some catchy stuff in there, including uh, one of the songs. There's a, like the chorus in, involves uh, him going like they're barking in the wrong key, and like the first time I listened to it was at work and I had it on kind of low, you know, and so it just sounded to me like is he saying they're fucking in the wrong key? <laughs> oh, so ever since then I was. Love that song, but it turns out I was not fucking. It was barking. <laughs> but I wanted to hear a song about fucking in the wrong key, because that would be amazing. I think we all do, though. I think we all do. <laughs> you might have to write one. Do the world a favor. You know, A is a good key. E is a good key. B is a good key. D is not a good key. <laughs> For fucking. <laughs> That's a number one hit right there. That's way better than work. I did it. <laughs> made a song about fucking in the wrong key. <laughs> I just got to remember it. Or we can cut it out of the podcast and put it on a, <laughs> on wax, as they say. Oh. <laughs> But uh, here's here's one of the songs that's pretty good. Uh, it's called Hidden Knives. And here it is. It's AFI, all right. <laughs> yeah. That made me pretty happy. Play another one. Play another one. Give me another good one. I'm, I'm probably going to end all up right. getting this album, or at least listening to it on Spotify. Yeah, do it. All right, here's another one. It's called Pink Eyes. Pink Eyes. 
Here you go. Well, that's gross. Hey, lifts his fingers. <laughs> yep, that's my favorite part of the song. It's so weird. <laughs> I lick my fingers. <laughs> and also, okay. part of that song is put put your pedals in my mouth, which I can only assume has one meaning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so does that make you more le- or less likely to listen to this album? <laughs> I'm not even against it completely. Does that make me a sicko? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's just having standards. But what if I licked my fingers? <laughs> <laughs> well... That's just what men do. <laughs> I don't know. Am I a make, pervert? <laughs> make my tongue go numb. <laughs> this is all part of the song. Ah, <laughs> uh, grossed out slightly, but <laughs> at the same time intrigued. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty good album. Um, there's one song that's like uh, So Above You, I think, which pretty much seems like it's a song about atheism. So I'm like, oh, that's that's right up my alley, too. <laughs> There's a song about uh, something about a bridge that's really good. That song's really good. Kind of like the middle part of this album is really where it starts getting good. Like the first two songs are kind of, all right, those are all right. And then it starts really getting good. And then like the last, you know, two songs or so are just kind of the. <laughs> you can kind of stop by the time you get to those. But there's a whole good middle section huh. where it's all just great. Pretty catchy. So yeah, yeah AFI uh, or the Blood album. <laughs> definitely, I would definitely check that out. And sounds like we may have a convert on that album at least. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> six in. <laughs> I don't imagine I will get you over uh, with my number nine here. 
But that's okay. There'll be some other ones that I think you might be interested in. Um, my number nine is a guy that I saw just about two weeks ago. Went to his concert because he just had an album drop. Um, this was obviously the lead singer of the Smiths. Guy named Morrissey came out with a new album this year called Low in High School. Just came out last month. Yeah. And he had an album a couple years back, um, and it was just terrible. Like, it was a low point for sure. Kind of his Depeche Mode spirit. (laughs) We're just like, I did not like it. Um, The woman who works at the comic book store that I go to, she, like, is a big Morrissey fan too, and she was like, yeah, I was with Morrissey, like, for years until this. And, like, (laughs) I just, I can't stand this album. (laughs) Oh God. But this one is definitely a lot better. Uh, it, it's pretty darn good uh, for the most part. Definitely the first like five songs are pretty amazing. And then it kind of drops a little bit, but then it kind of picks it back up again. And then uh, the end is not that great. But it's definitely got a lot, lot more bright moments this time around. Um, especially, like I said, those first five songs, pretty damn solid the whole way through. And then there's definitely some good ones later on as well. But here I'm going to play two of the songs off this album. Um, one of them was kind of the uh, the lead single off of the album. It's a little bit different from a lot of his normal songs. It's got this cool, uh, this really cool keyboard that reminds me very much of the kind of keyboard licks that like Andy Weber used to play in his band, <laughs> and probably still does. Oh. I haven't heard any of their newer stuff, but it very much has that like bar band type uh, keyboard style going on which is pretty cool and definitely not something that he does a lot and Morrissey is just great like he seems like a real douchebag <laughs> from all accounts like I think he recently canceled the show just because it was too cold and I think it was an indoor show too so it's like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I've heard he's canceled shows just because like they spelled his name wrong in the marquee like they put you know maybe one S instead of two S's or something but he's just like, well, nope, not doing the show. Cancel. That's <laughs> so he seems like a very – I mean, you have very... to – you've got to make sure that your rep, reputation is, is <laughs> stays that way. Like, oh, I told you, yeah. no ice. <laughs> he throws it in their face, then breaks the bottle and stabs them in the eye. When this the is a excessive. The Sorry. Then it's already cold. You put ice in my drink. It waters it down. No show tonight. <laughs> no show for you. <laughs> so he definitely seems like, uh, you know, a very cantankerous man at times. And he likes to just sing about what's on his mind, which sometimes I feel like gets him in trouble as well. But he's a damn good singer. Like, I've always loved his voice. It's just very unique and weird and cool. Um, So here's a song, the the lead single off this album, Low in High School. Uh, This song is called Spent the Day in Bed. I did, yes, I spent the day in bed. 
expected <laughs> all right well here's the other one this is uh the second track on the album um i like this song a lot especially this whole uh it, it kind of changes a little bit towards the end of the song that's the part i'm going to play uh, i really like this whole end section um where he talks about the different people <laughs> uh it's really cool uh this song's called i wish you lonely Like trio. I can kind of see that. There's certain uh, certain similarities there. I would say they're kind yeah. of they're probably Morrissey fans. I know I like the Cure. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Which only makes me love them more. But they know what's good for them and like the Cure. <laughs> Yeah, he's got that great voice. I love that part of the song where she's like, tombs are full of fools who gave their lives for heroin. Heroin, heroin, heroin. 
Yeah. I just love that repeating. I imagine that's what it's like what it's like to be on heroin. <laughs> All you're thinking about is heroin. 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 <laughs> just a good time right yeah. there. All right. Heroin. Well I <laughs> I think you'll you'll enjoy this next one. We'll see. <laughs> At least not totally hate it. Um, my number eight it might be the last one we have time to get to. Uh, this is going to be an album by a band called The Real Mackenzies. The album is called Two Devils Will Talk. Um, this is a band. They're for, they're uh, like Scottish Canadian, and they do very Scottish inspired music. Like very kind of like how you know. Uh, Floggy Molly or Dropkick Murphy is a very Irishy punk. They do it like a Scottish punk. So if you like bagpipes, you've come to the right place. <laughs> and who doesn't? Hmm. All right. <laughs> um, they've been on Fat Records, which is Fat Mike from No Effects' record label for uh, a long time. I think they've been around probably over. 20 years at this point, but I think they started up with Fat Records probably around 2004-ish. Um, they were they had a song on one of those uh, Rock Against Bush CDs, which is where I first uh, originally heard of them. And then I was like, I like these guys. I'm going to check out their stuff. And I've pretty much listened to all the albums they've done since then. Um, it's probably a good five or six albums by now. Um, this one, like I said, Two Devils Will Talk. This one just came out this year. Uh, it's very good. Um it's just, yeah, it's pretty solid all throughout. It doesn't necessarily have the highest of highs like some of their albums do, but there really aren't any that I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. Like, all the songs are pretty darn good. Um, so this first one is, I think it's the second song. The album's called Wayburn. This is just kind of a good example of, like, a Real Mackenzie's song. It's got some good, uh, good bagpipe and stuff, and I just, it's pretty darn good. So here it is, Wayburn. I do like that right. bridge part right there. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And it sounds even better like through uh like real speakers and stuff. So I would definitely definitely check them out. They're pretty pretty sweet. Obviously the guy's got a big like uh <laughs> Scottish accent, which is pretty cool. So it's just all around good stuff. Um I've actually got three songs I was gonna play from this album. The next one's also a fairly short clip. 
Uh, this is a, a good song. I just like it because it's got a good sense of humor about it. Uh, it's called Fuck the Real Mackenzies, <laughs> which is just good titles right there. All right. Say fuck flocking Molly. Like <laughs> he did, but clearly it's all tongue in cheek, and he's saying that as, as a way of. He's not saying fuck them as like fuck them they suck. He's saying is you should fuck them. <laughs> oh. Like basically you should go have sex with these bands. <laughs> now I like these guys. <laughs> yeah, he's looking out for their interests. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song. It's very good and very funny, just the way they did it. Um, the other song I wanted to... Oh, go ahead. I don't know. I said I'm intrigued. I want to hear the next one. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, next one's a good one. Um, one of their... They like to do a lot of songs about drinking. Um, and another thing that they like writing about a lot is... Uh, like basically the sea and like sailing and that kind of thing. Like clearly like very old timey inspired ships or stories about ships and that kind of stuff. Um, including on one of their albums, uh, not too long ago, I want to say it was like 2012. They did like a cover essentially of an old sea shanty, which, you know, I love a good sea shanty called Barrett's privateers. And it's just, it's one of the catchiest songs like ever. And it's, it's a great song. I love it. Um, there's a, there's a couple of good like seafaring type songs on this one. I think there is one called Seafarers, uh, but this is a good one called The Northwest Passage, um, and it's pretty good. Here it is. I for just one time I would take the Northwest Passage to find the hand of Franklin reaching for the Beaufort Sea, tracing one warm line. Through a land so wild and savage And make a northwest passage to the sea
Yeah, I, I like them. Them. like them. I like them a lot. They're uh, very good. You stick a bagpipe in punk music, it just it goes together <laughs> very well. Not sure why, but it does. It really does. <laughs> Definitely does. Well, I think we got about five minutes left. So I yep. guess we'll probably have to call it about here. Yep, yep, yep. But now I'm in you're, uh, you're, the you're, rest you're of off your tomorrow, right? I am off tomorrow. I might be getting out of work early, or if not, I, I should definitely be out by four. So maybe if you're around, maybe we'll do like a quick show then and just kind of finish this all off. Okay, yeah, I'm really against that. That sounds like a plan. Sounds Sweet. like a plan indeed. Um, and then are we playing tonight? I can't remember what we decided yesterday. <laughs> I think we are. I'm not sure. I think Scooch said like Monday and Tuesday he was definitely around. Maybe he's, I don't know if he is tonight. But I think Nick uh, definitely said he was down. All right, cool, cool, cool. Then I am down for sure. But until yes. we're playing, I'll be playing a lot of Zelda Breath of the Wild. This game is fantastic. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Is it better than Zelda 2? <laughs> well, yeah, I think almost everything's better than Zelda 2, but um, <laughs> this game really is, oh, it's, so good. it's like it was a game meant for me. If there was just catching some slimes and a little bit of fishing, which there's kind of fishing in there already. Nice. This game could just be easily one of my favorite games ever so far, and I've literally just begun to play it. They stole your idea for uh, <laughs> for the game, because all you wanted to do is make a game just for you. I and know, now they beat you to it. They even <laughs> added other things that make it even better. I mean, they got, they got uh, like, if you're going down a hill, you can use your shield as, like, a snowboard. They got paragliding. They got horses nice. and motorcycles. They got all sorts of costumes you can wear. Crafting. You know I like making some crafting. Oh, fuck yeah. So, that is the ultimate right it's there. Got, it's got a lot of great stuff so far. And like I said, I've literally just started this game. I got lost forever. I forgot what I was supposed to do. So, <laughs> But, oh, God. That's a good I sign. Yeah. Yeah. But already, everybody, that's all we got for today. Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't think we have much else. Hopefully you enjoyed yeah. what we had so far, but uh, this has been another great original Janksters podcast with yours truly, Peter Jank. That's Kevin Jank, and to remember always to flip your tip. Thanks for listening. Destruction is the state of mind. I'm a kid in